What happens when the philosophies of dental insurance companies collide with the quality of patient care dentistry can deliver? We call that David and Goliath, or more specifically, this past week, my practice, my business, and the dental insurance industry. We begin our podcast right there. Welcome, all you wonderful dental podcast listeners, to the My Practice, My Business Dental Podcast Show, where we help dentists profit and thrive with excerpts from the clinical business of dentistry training here in My Practice, My Business. We'll be addressing and answering questions with current trends dentists and their teams face each and every day in their pursuit of this wonderful career we call dentistry. And now, the host of our show, the clinical director at My Practice, My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. This question has been on my mind ever since Tracy and I proposed three bills, which have been currently combined into one bill by our Utah lawmakers that protects dental patients and the dentists that serve them in this year's Utah legislative session. Nothing is more fun than battling the Goliaths of the insurance industry face-to-face on Zoom or in person. What, with that being said, let me, let me take you on a, our journey to date for this year, and the philosophical differences encountered between us and them. I wish so badly all of you could have been in our legislative meetings with us, just watching and cheering us on. Not to worry, the best is still yet to come, and and now for that journey. Unfortunately, in today's delivery of dental care, dental insurance companies are increasing in size and complexity, with both positive and negative impacts on both the patient and the dental care provider, us, who is finding it harder to succeed, both on the consumer front and especially their dental businesses. The positive impact insurance companies have, I know it's hard to say, right, what positive impact, but it's there, and we all must admit it, and it's this. It is preventative oral health care. The average consumer has that perception their hygiene appointments are free to them. And therefore, the majority of insured patients uh, come in for regular cleanings and exams all the time because they think it's free. That simple false perception, though, has a positive impact on oral health care in general. However, the negative impacts of dental insurance centers around lack of transparency, clarity of coverage, and cost-shifting due to low reimbursement rates to dental providers, not to mention misleading tactics by insurance carriers to magnify their bottom line in support of financial returns to shareholders and companies alike. I want you to keep in mind cost-shifting. That's something that's not good for any industry. But we'll move on. Years ago, dental insurance companies lobbied for dentists to sign up with their panels of providers, with the promise of becoming the advertising arm of the practice. That's right, you heard me. That has always been the insurance company's company's sell point, that they can bring us tons of patients. These insurance companies would state they have thousands of clients just waiting for a dental office, a dentist, to become their preferred provider a name by which we all thought would just add to our trove of accomplishments by being, quote, preferred, unquote, 
to their pool of insured patients, we would not have to spend money anymore on advertising, as touted by these third-party payers. Little did we understand the mess we would be in because we blindly chose the path of least resistance for new patients. The path of least resistance, my friends, is rarely the path of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I think we can all agree to that. As Tracy and I have been in multiple meetings with several major players of dental insurance products, we have realized on a national scale just how transparency and clarity have been avoided with these companies. It has become very clear to us that the majority of dental insurance businesses have literally been built on misleading patients and the dentists that serve them. If a business is built on misleading protocols and on data exploitation that penalizes the majority because of the misleading few, with choices for patients that are no choices at all, and on algorithms that strictly protect their profit margins and not the patient's best interests, then it does not deserve our praise. Instead, I think it truly deserves reform by our state legislatures to protect the doctor-patient relationship and the quality of care that can and should be given, not what can basically, quote-unquote, be given, or adequate enough treatment for the insured patient. All of us know what I'm talking about. We should not look away from the bigger picture, which is the viability of running and maintaining a profitable dental practice that can provide a level of care that we all want and deserve to deliver to our patients. And our patients deserve We can no longer allow ourselves to be blinded in the moment of rampant disinformation, lack of transparency and clarity, and dental business theory by algorithms of these third-party payers who have never walked in our shoes and their dental consultants who either have succumbed to the level of care their employers have forced upon them or the fact They no longer practice anymore and haven't for years. We can no longer turn a blind eye to a theory propagated by dental insurance leaders that says all engagement of their protocols is good engagement, protecting the patient from unscrupulous dentists who do not have the patient's best interests, only their dental pocketbooks. We simply cannot allow the controlling thought leadership of third-party payers to be the only voice of patient advocacy when we dentists are the ones who are the actual caregivers to those we serve. Hence the reason Tracy and I have been battling on Capitol Hill for changes, for bills that can be turned into laws to protect you and the patients that we serve. Too many dentists are still asking the question, even after all these years of dental insurance control, how much can these dental insurance companies get away with? When we need to be asking this question, what are the consequences going to be to the delivery of dentistry in the future, to the health care of the patient, and to the viability of the solo, heck, group, or DSO practices 
if dental insurance companies are left unchecked by us and our dental associations? What are the consequences going to be if dentists do not engage their state legislators, dental and dental associations, if we don't engage both of those and actually take a lead role in making changes to state law that protect dentists and the patients they serve? What are the consequences of tolerating dental insurance companies with their constant changes, constant changes to our contracts that we never signed off on? What are the consequences of seeing thousands of dentists and corporations signing on to dental insurance plans that perpetuate an algorithm that restricts the level of dental care that dentists are trained on in dental school and residency programs. Well, my good friends, it is long past time to stop pretending that what we have been doing in the past is working, when in fact, it is only scratching the surface. In fact, it is only getting worse. When one state passes a law on non-covered services, the dental insurance companies quickly recognize this algorithm, and they come up with such terms as non-billable, and non-payable, which causes dentists to continue doing free work on their patients, or just like medical, we unethically, and I do mean unethically, cost shift from non-restrictive insurance plans and fee-for-service patients to pay for the dental plans that lack transparency and clarity, or even plain old ethics in the delivery of their plans. That has never been more clear to me than what we have seen this past week while we have been in legislative sessions and working in committee. Is there any wonder why a polarization of lost trust exists between dentists and the dental plans they participate with? I don't think so. The problem is simply becoming clear. The business philosophies of dental insurance carriers, and not all of them, but most of them, are becoming diametrically opposed to the actual clinical judgments of the dentist and dental team members who are on the front lines of providing actual dental care. Dental care has never become more inundated with advanced technology, materials, and procedures as it has in today's dental market, and new discoveries will continue. Dental consumers will continue to be blessed and want those services as they learn about them. Dentists can now offer technologically advanced advanced choices like never before. However, you guys, those choices have significant costs of goods associated with them. And the reality is technology increases direct operating costs to the provider, us, and dental insurance plans, more specifically, their reimbursement rates do not cover those advances with modern dentistry. That's why so many of us don't purchase expensive technology. We can't afford it, we, and most have not figured out a way to get a return on investment on it. Insurance companies, as we all should better understand, are numbers-driven businesses. The more money they bring in with premiums paid, the faster we get paid on, as dental care providers when we submit claims. If they do not cover their direct operating costs, plus at least a 30% corporate profitability, 
our reimbursement checks tend to come late or sometimes not at all with the systematic downcoding, bundling, and non-covered services, all in the misleading phrase of protecting the patient from unscrupulous dentists with whom we provide legitimate services to. We're the ones that call the shots, make the diagnosis, and help the patient. The systematic downcoding, bundling, and determination of covered and non-covered services as non-billable to the patient, along with other non-transparent practices and misleading verbiage on estimation of benefits. Now, I know office managers listening to this is like, you guys are like, yeah, yeah. The, it, the, when those go to the patient, that results in the patient becoming more of a dental insurance customer than a cared-for human being. Third-party payers are bullying, and I mean bullying, dentists into doing free dentistry, or they say that you can simply remove yourselves from participating with the preferred provider organization plan. The repercussions of such coercion techniques can result in the loss of hundreds of patients to the dental practice, and they, the insurance companies, they know it. That is the ultimate bullying tactic that is verbalized to dentists and office managers on a continual basis, and one we just once again witnessed last week in our legislative meeting, and I called him out. The selling and controlling of the delivery of dental care comes at great cost to the patient. The American Dental Association continues to field large numbers of calls each quarter in regards to the inability of dentists, you and I, of being paid fairly for dental services that we provide to patients on insured plans. According to our contact, they are hearing the following, quote, if we dentists cannot be paid for buildups, we're just not going to do them. And if the crown comes off, we will charge the patient full fee because it's not our fault. It's the insurance company's fault. We refuse to do free dentistry, end quote. Good for you guys. Good for you colleagues standing up for what's real and what's right. The same has been said about periodontal therapy, which has also been grossly underpaid by PPO plans, with dental offices oftentimes either eating the costs or under-treating periodontal disease due to insurance limitations. Don't tell me that doesn't happen. It's rampant. Here at My Practice, My Business, you guys, we believe in charging the patient ethically for advanced technology and services. As our clients have stated, quote, it's being paid fairly for technology, materials, and medication, medications that helps me sleep at night, knowing that I have provided the best my training and dentistry has to offer, offer and afterwards being paid fairly for it, end of quote. I believe dentists have had enough. It has never become more transparent to me than now. As Tracy and I have been meeting with major dental insurance players and our state representative to create bills that will disallow dental insurance companies from downcoding, bundling procedures, and forcing us to do free dentistry on the clients. Our bill won't prevent them from doing that, but it will not prevent us from collecting for the services that we provide. It's a great bill, and I can't wait for it to move forward. It used to be that dental offices and dental insurance companies were on diverging paths, but in reality, after running a major investigation to the mentioned 
unfair protocols dental plans continue to throw at us, preventing dentists to run profitable practices, which we need to, and forcing us, this is the key, forcing us to cost shift on a daily basis, I would say we are more on a collision course, which is precisely why Tracy and I here at My Practice, My Business have engaged the Utah State Legislature to pass bills into laws protecting dentists and the patients they serve. So what happens when a husband-wife team at a company called My Practice, My Business gets a little support from the Utah Dental Association, the Utah State Insurance Commission, and a local dental insurance company that does not practice unethical protocols like the other major players do? We introduce bills that protect us, that protect dentists, their teams, and the patients they serve from unethical, even fraudulent policies that negatively affect the dentist-patient relationship. There are two major lessons here for dentists and dental practice owners that Tracy and I have experienced while battling on behalf of all of us and the patients we serve. One, you need to know, I don't know if you know this, (laughs) one, dental insurance companies have existed for decades and they're not going away. Two, it has become clear We know here at My Practice, My Business, we know after in these meetings, we know their rules of engagement better than they do. You did hear me correctly. My favorite is when Tracy called all of them out on fraudulent policies. It began when they accused dentists, us, of committing fraud with excessive use of Buildups, pulp caps on, on their clients. Hey, I don't disagree because some of you out there use those as a matter of routine. But they are speaking of a small percentage of dentists who abuse the system. However, when they change codes on services we provided to codes we did not perform just to get gain, That exemplifies the very definition of the word fraud. And for those of you who have not been through our training, we define fraud as follows. It's the wrongful or criminal deception intended to result in financial or personal gain. What was even better is watching the faces of all those people on the Zoom meeting get schooled by my wife. Need I say more? I get schooled sometimes too. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I'll I'll just just for fun, the we'll do one more. The definition of insurance fraud is this. It is any duplicative <laughs> let me try this again. It is any duplicitous act performed with the intent to obtain an improper payment from an insurer. How about we create the definition of provider fraud? That would be a good thing. It would read something like this. Any duplicitous act conducted by a third-party payer with the intent to provide an improper payment to the dentist. (laughs) How about that? Mic drop. I think that we should uh, get the ADA to make that definition. Each and every one of us needs to be concerned about our dental profession. We need to get involved with our state associations because that's where real change happens. Our executive over here at the Utah Dental Association is a dentist, just like us. 
He has been very supportive and grateful that Tracy and I have taken charge on these issues affecting dentistry here in Utah. One day, he explained his tasks, the things that he has on his plate each and every day, and the other legislative issues that he's working on. I quickly realized there is no way he can do it all. They need our help. They need to accept our help, which is exactly what he has done. We work with him as to not embarrass the Utah Dental Association with anything that we are proposing, and he lends the support of the entire association. That's a great symbiotic relationship. Bottom line, support your associations. Be members. If I may take some liberty on one of my favorite quotes from President Kennedy, yes, I've adjusted it a little bit. I know I'm quoting a Democrat. It's going to be tough. Here we go. Ask not what your dental association can do for you, but ask what you can do for your dental association. I love adjusting that quote, and I love that quote of his in its real form. Tracy and I are grateful for the support of the UDA, and all the dentists in Utah will hopefully be grateful for what we're trying to accomplish for them. Whether they know who was behind their their uh, increased uh, revenues and, and not having to write off things that they do, it doesn't matter. What matters really is serving each other. Now is the time to ask yourself if you should get involved with protecting your patients, your colleagues, and your dental practice from the philosophies of third-party payers. The questions should be, Do I want to pursue dentistry with the least amount of negative influence from those dental insurance companies as possible? Do I want a business that serves my patients who happen to be dental customers? Or one that takes advantage of customers as I treat them to limitations or perceived limitations of their dental plans, cutting corners with labs and suppliers and cramming the schedule is taught by most dental consultants as I strive for the profitability of my business? Those are great philosophical questions that we all need to ask ourselves. In the end, only one of these philosophies is sustainable for the long-term profitable growth of your practice. The other will lead you to a meager wage to sell your practice to a DSO because you're struggling, or to file for bankruptcy, which we've seen in 2019 like crazy during a great economy. Either route is inundated with purchasing the least expensive, lowest quality products and services. And that's where we do not want to be. The long-term solution is simple. Either, Either go through... Our clinical business of dentistry training here at My Practice, My Business, which we teach on these principles, or figure it out on your own how to be profitable in your dental business. But remember, the path of least resistance is rarely the path of wisdom. Being trained by us here at My Practice, My Business will take time and effort. We have to purge out the status quo from you and your staff Our training is relatively quick, exciting, and fun and profitable, but it's the purging of philosophies like Yanindi's, the yeah, no, I'm not doing it. And those who suffer from what we call status quoitis, that has to be overcome. When that is done, wisdom will take over and prevail, and your practice will grow and profit and thrive like never before. 
There are major lessons here for solo dental practitioners and dental business owners. Do you want your patients and their PPO plans to take advantage of you, or do you want to learn how to be paid fairly and ethically and legally for the services that you provide? Which philosophy do you want to pursue? One that is riddled with the status quo of the past and unfortunately present as taught by many dental educators and consultants, or a philosophy from a company that has as its teachers people who practice what they preach and who have knowledge and expertise in the dental insurance industry with the contracts that you never read but signed anyway. The go-no-go decision is yours. I hope this has been thought-provoking. I hope you study our company and engage our thought leadership as it pertains to our guaranteed training and how we serve others, and especially your very own associations and what you can do for them. One of my favorite quotes is this, unless we lose ourselves in service to others, there is little purpose to our own lives, end of quote. Docs and dental team members, you should be proud of the service you provide to your patients You have great purpose in this life, and it is not self-serving to learn how to be paid fairly for the services you provide. And let us here at My Practice, My Business teach you the business skills that will guide you and your team to a more fulfilling delivery of dental care for all of your patients. Call us today. Tracy, myself, and our entire team are waiting to serve you. You just have to make that go decision, and I promise you, you will be happy you did. Well, my friends, the legislative session isn't quite over. We still have a few hurdles to jump through, or jump over, or go through. (laughs) And uh, we'd appreciate your thoughts and prayers as we continue to do great things for dentists in the state of Utah and all of our dentists who are out of Utah who are listening to this podcast. Don't you worry. We will be contacting your state associations and giving them the information that we have here and the state laws that we have accomplished here in Utah to help them get on the books in your states. That's how it works. That's how we help each other to make dentistry the greatest profession ever. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us today. To learn more about our guaranteed, no-risk clinical business of dentistry training that is changing dental practices for the better, just go to our website, mypracticemybusiness.com and surf our pages for additional information about our company. When you're ready, give us a call and get scheduled for the best training you'll ever experience. Those are the words of our clients, not us. Our mission statement is simple. We increase the net revenue of dental practices with our key methods, tools, and training utilizing everyday need-based dentistry. We believe that there's never been a more important time than now for dentists to know what we know, and that is, one, how to compete with Retail America, two, how to be profitable with dental procedures, especially those performed on patients with dental insurance plans, three, how to place oral health care at the forefront of patients' discretionary spending, and four, how to ethically, legally, and morally be paid fairly for the services you provide. All of us here at My Practice My Business know exactly how to help you implement each of those talking points and more with our key methods, knowledge, and training. Our clients' testimonies say it all. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a five-star review. 
Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you soon at the My Practice My Business training facility located in the Salt Lake City, Utah area. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to call us. Thank you again and have a fantastic day.